fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 1420 The Watch Clicker Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well. It's, I'm, I went back to work today, and... What it, a tragedy. It was, it felt tragic. Every step of it felt tragic. It felt bad going to bed last night. Sunday nights are the worst. It felt bad waking up for work this morning. It felt bad getting in the car to go to work today. And then I got to work and I was like, eh, you know, I like my job. I like where I work. I like the people I work with. I, I mean, I literally. The people that work for you, I think is the. That's right. Yeah. I, I literally choose the people I work with. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just was one of those days. I was like, I feel like retiring. Yeah, N- not because I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. It's because I just don't, I'm, I don't like to work. It's way more fun to not work. It's, yeah, yeah. So yesterday I had like a, a slow breakfast, like just chill, like on the couch, coffee, Netflix, and then went golfing. And then she go golfing with had beers, my brother-in-law. Oh, nice. And then had beers. Like while I was golfing and then a beer afterwards and then came home and we did like some easy fun chores and then went out to dinner and then went out to ice cream and then had another drink and then I played cribbage. I won cribbage. I mean, it was like... We haven't played cribbage in a long time. We should play cribbage. Concur. Probably not right now. We, we have. We could yeah. do that on, on the show though. I think people would love it. It would be super fun not. 15-2, 15-4, pair of six, run is nine. Yeah, it would be not fun. <laughs> I mean, it would be fun, fun for us. Fun for us, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm well, notwithstanding the tragedy that was the end of my four-day weekend, three-day weekend, excuse me. Uh, Andrew, how are you? I'm also in the throes of a four-day weekend. But I don't, I mean, I have to go back to work tomorrow, so I'm kind of in my Sunday night routine. Yeah. But that's Okay. Hanging in there. I was solo with the kids all day. Unfortunately, they were like pretty okay. So it just meant like constant motion. Because they're far enough. So my oldest is six. And the next one's about a year and a half. And I'd forgotten the, the bundle of energy that that year and a half mark is. Oh, yeah. Uh, in that. An unbridled, totally oh unbridled my energy. Gosh, just relentless and then power off mm-hmm. and then power back on relentless power off and unreasonable there's no re there's no ration uh to a one and a half year old they don't they're not able to make disconscious rational decisions see i feel like that's not true and the reason i feel like that's what well, but the, what the i understand i take your point nothing they do actually makes sense but there's so much purpose behind the things that they do. Oh, sure. Today, he wanted buttons. And there's quite a few accessible buttons, primarily in our kitchen. So the dishwasher is getting turned on. You know, I had in my head like uh, like buttons on a shirt. And oh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's where I keep my shirts. Isn't that where the steam them? Uh, so the dishwasher is firing up. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I hear the ice machine. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? So I figured out I can lock my ice machine, but he can still, he he uses tools to actuate things he can't reach. So he'll bring yeah. a small toy. 
Like primitive man. Yes, he'll bring a small toy to actuate the levers on the water and ice dispenser, which when locked don't do anything, but you still hear them click. Mm-hmm. And I locate them via sonar if I can't like be within you know, eyes distance of it because I have to do something else because my whole life can't be just following him saying, no, stop that. So the moment I stop hearing him, I'm like, uh-oh. And then I hear, all right, he's not in a danger zone. But he climbs on things. He's an animal. When I watch your kids, I very much feel like my whole life is following Cal, Cal around. Yes. And saying, okay, let's go over here. Choose something else. <laughs> Choose something else. Yeah. Uh, and we he just had his most recent well baby. And he is in the 80 percentile for weight. 90 percentile for head size 10 percentile for height so if that 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 all tracks he he is a cube basically yes yes and fearless and strong he he is built like uh what was that movie uh that came out a few years ago with the the feelings you know there's like the control center in the Mm -hmm. people's heads and he looks Uh, like the anger yeah that's what Calvin looks like. What is it called? We just watch. We watch it frequently here. Yeah, well, Inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, he looks like anger because <laughs> he's also red all the time because he has my gingery skin. <laughs> it's totally so red. He just <laughs> turns a beet red the moment it's above sixty degrees. So he's a he's a handful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been my day. It's just like I I texted you an hour ago that I was finally like stable. Because bed had been completed, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not dead. <laughs> I made it." Yeah. So, you did yeah. it. You made it. I did. Here you are. And I don't, I don't, I'm not asking for a high five for parenting alone because I know people parent alone all the time. It's just more exhausting to parent alone than with a partner present. Totally. Yeah, because it's all on you. Yeah. Fortunately, Mark is pretty self sufficient, and when I need him, shut the fuck up. I just hate him an Xbox controller. And he just—he won't—he doesn't stop talking. He just narrates the video game while he plays. But he's at least stationary. You, you know, I have kids of my own, uh, and, and so I've gone through all these things. My kids are a little bit older, so it's different. But uh, my second watching your kids reference in the last five minutes, watching Mark, I I recognize the phenomenon you're talking about, where if you occupy him, he doesn't stop talking. Nope. But his his need for you to respond to him is greatly diminished. Yeah, about about 50%. That maybe even a little less than that. Yeah. yeah. Like so so I find myself uh like he'll be like Everett. I'm like what 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 did you <laughs> Did you see that? I just did that. I did that. I did that. Did you see it? Like I don't and I tell him all the time like if I wanted to watch I would watch. Yeah. I no, don't care. <laughs> I'm I'm not quite that direct with Mark. You, yeah, that's fair. I I am. <laughs> yeah so it was just it was a tiring day but now we're doing this we're drinking beer yeah uh it was a I, I did find some time to sneak in and get one section of my workbench table glued up wonderful so i've got about i've got half of my bench table glued it's got to take some trips through the planer but it's glued up i saw you milling yesterday yeah oh in my your gosh garage. it was hot it was warm so hot I saw you. I saw you sweating at the machines while I was headed out for a run, and I think you looked at me like, like, who's who's dumber right now? (laughs) It was it was hot enough, so I I can only attribute this to heat because I've used all the machines that I was using yesterday at great length 
my circuit breaker blew a couple times. Oh, really? Yeah. You think it just heat? I, I, I can't attribute it to anything else. I've put heavier loads on those tools in those same outlets. I don't know why that. I mean, maybe the wood was wetter because our lumber quality is poor. Oh, yeah. That, that could be it. But the, yeah. And the price of lumber has gone back down, right? A little bit. Uh, I read somewhere that it's gone down like about 40%. I'm not seeing that 40% hit. OSB is quite a bit cheaper. I think maybe that's what's eating up most of that 40% dip. Um, dimensional lumber is still kind of on the spendy side. Like about $3 more per. What about like construction grade plywood? Mm-hmm. These are important things yeah, for us to talk about on our watch podcast. I think it's gone. It, 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 not as much as OSB, I don't think. I didn't look for construction-grade plywood. I looked at OSB and <clears throat> Dimension. I looked at some hardwood, but it's just still like, I'm not going to trade you a limb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, just need, I, have, I have some friends with timber stands. I think I need to figure out a way to get them to grow me some hardwood. That's a long game. But <laughs> you will have this in 2090. Yeah, no, it's a long game, but I think... I, 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 I planted you some oak. Or maple or you know <laughs> whatever you'll have 400 line feet of oak dimensional lumber in 2065 i'll do something beautiful with it yeah in 2065 yeah, i'll be i'll have time i'll be retired and have plenty of time to do that mark and cal can come <laughs> over and help you yeah cal can do all the heavy work because we know he's going to be strong he's, he's built like a pit bull mark can give instructions yeah <laughs> yeah so well, well, we're talking about watches. I, I, before we before we go into the topic, I had a f- fun fun little anecdote. Uh, somebody oh, yes. commented on, I think you think you know what I'm going to say, and I don't think you do. Oh, uh, I don't. So then we can get to the other one afterwards, even though I don't know what it is. Uh, so we had someone comment on one of our posts the other day. Uh, in fact, they DM'd me, and they said, um, they said, speaking of other things, and then they put paren dot 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 go colon. Uh, that's the whole anecdote. But when I say to you, Andrew, other things, what do you have? Go. Uh, they were referencing that. And I just saw it and I was like, that is someone who has listened to us enough that they've uh, incorporated our show into their speech patterns when they're talking about this thing. And obviously, they're probably not saying that to their friends or whatever but in you never know they might be maybe yeah in talking to us uh it was like one of those things that i know i say but i don't really think about it i was like that is really fun that we've got catchphrases i don't know is that fun or is that stupid i think it's fun i think it was interesting i I was talking about uh to a friend about meeting with luke and i'm not usually one for meeting people uh believe it or not listener luke albert famous uh mountain bike professional and rider and wonderful square g-shot collector yeah and I'm not, I'm a, I'm a pretty introverted person, believe it or not. Uh, so meeting people is not really my jam. And I've found now, having met several people that have been longtime listeners and engagers with our show, they bring such a level of comfort to the interaction because they don't know us, know us, but they know us. They've spent hours and hours and hours with us. Yeah. And are comfortable. And that initial first meeting awkwardness that I just loathe just isn't there. And I find that their level of comfort with us totally brings my guard down and makes me comfortable with them. Yeah. It's super cool. It's just, yeah. It is super cool. I know the other anecdote you have was, and we should talk about it because it's really cool. Send it. It just occurred to me. So my brother-in-law came up from California. So he is a 
Uh, he's a campus pastor. He's a, a pastor at UC Davis. Shout out to Davis Christian Fellowship, Chi Alpha. Uh, my brother-in-law, Will, uh, just a totally lovely person, uh, is the, I guess, director of that or that organization. And he, they come up pretty often. They came up this weekend and stayed a few days with us and had a great time with Will. Uh, but he says to me, I think the first night he got here, Friday night, he says, or Saturday night, something like that. He says, hey, uh, one of my staff members, a fellow named Pete, uh, or perhaps Peter, I'm sorry if, if you're listening and I got it wrong. Uh, Peter is uh, a new staff member. He's worked with us for a long time. His, his uh, wife has worked for us for a long time, but we're talking about watches. He's into watches. And I was telling him, Peter, about you and your show. My brother-in-law has a podcast. And I guess Peter said, well, what's the name of the podcast? I was 40 and 20. And he's like, I totally listened to that show. Those guys are awesome. I love that show. And it was like this moment where the connection was made natively outside, you know, like felt mm-hmm. like, you know, some credibility with Will because he's this successful dude. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I've got some desire to impress him. Uh, You're a partner in a law firm. I, well, <laughs> you know, but our watch hobbyist podcast, that's what really, that was the cherry. <laughs> you know how these things go. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so a shout out Kai Alpha B shout out Pete or Peter. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I should have gotten that right. Uh, Really, womp, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it was just really neat. It's like, man, that is, I mean, that's the first time that's happened. Obviously, people have reached out to us and said, I listen to your show or I've met people online. But that's the first time where there's been like this. Outside of the ecosystem. Outside of the ecosystem, organic yeah. connection. And it just felt really cool. Yeah. It is cool. I told my wife that and she's like, you famous. <laughs> I was like, uh, why that feel mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is how that feels a little bit, though, right? Yeah. Like, we're maybe a little bit famous. Some people know us. Some people know us. Now we can't say it's just our moms who listen anymore. That's right. Yeah. Because And also Peter at yeah. DCF. So our three listeners. <laughs> so And that guy whose girlfriend wrote us to say, hey, can you help me pick a watch for my boyfriend's birthday? Yeah. We had another one of those. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. It, we, we get some strange DMs. <laughs> and we get some really cool DMs, but yeah. some of them are strange. The DMs. ones that are strange stand out because they're strange. <laughs> so I interest you in foot pictures. Yeah, those are outgoing, though. Yeah, very true. I mean, that's that's like how we fund our Patreon. <laughs> Should we get into it? I mean, whatever. I, could we, we just call it for the night. I think that's good enough. Yeah, why not? Let's go put garbage. <laughs> so, tonight, we're tackling an adjacent subject. Okay. Watch adjacent. Watch adjacent. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is watches, but yeah. yeah. We're talking about straps. We're talking about watch straps. Straps, bracelets, bands. Take your pick on what you want to call them. Shoes is my preferred terminology. Yeah, can can we can we start with some some jargon questions and just Ooh. and set some ground yeah. rules? Yeah, we're gonna well, we should we should frame this because I 
feel like watch strap means something soft, flexible. Typically leather, nylon, anything that's flexible is a strap. Okay. And then a watch, a metal, a metal watch holding device is a bracelet. Yeah. What's a band? And and that band means nothing. But I was informed today by way of my research that band is maybe a blanket term for all of the above. And I don't feel comfortable with it. I don't feel comfortable calling a bracelet a band. Do you call dress shoes shoes? Do you call running shoes shoes? Do you call flip-flops shoes? I I don't call flip-flops shoes. Uh... Could band be the catch-all for what your watch's shoes are? Well, that was the suggestion. With specificity? That was the suggestion. I just don't know that I agree with it. Is it just a hard... I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not like philosophically opposed to it. It just felt wrong to me. So I guess okay. can we just set the rule? Is a band bl- a blanket term? I feel like it's a catch-all. I, don't, right. I feel like we're going to not use that term. Because it's imprecise. Yeah. At best... Imprecise. I don't think I use it. Okay. When I'm thinking back, talking about watches. <laughs> okay. We can move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk about your watch's shoes tonight in, in, in a pretty big range. First thing we want to do. I'm much more comfortable with shoes, by the way. Me too. It's what your watch wears. Yeah. Gets it around. That's right. Keeps it from falling on the gravel. <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's too early to be falling off like this. We're, uh, we're screwed. In the big sense of the word. So we want to do, we want to tackle some really big topics. First, what and why, right? Every single watch, well, there are some exceptions. But I'm comfortable saying every single watch you buy is going to come with a bracelet or strap mm-hmm. of some kind. Mm-hmm. Many of them you should throw away. M- many, many, many of them. Not the watch, the the shoes. If uh, it says Seiko and it comes on anything other than metal, just probably it. toss it. Just see if maybe they'll just send the watch and save you the shipping weight. Um, so we're going to do that. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on your watch why it's going on your watch we're going to touch on why it's okay to spend some money and we're going to spin right at the end we're going to spend our our time delta talking about the counterfeit slash fake slash replica slash knockoff world of watch straps and where it's places in the market yeah it's it's something people don't talk about a lot and it should be. I think it deserves to be talked about. It's not nearly the money generating segment that watches themselves are, but it's a arguably larger market. Just lower dollar value. Yeah. So, first up, get me started, baby. We we need to we need to address just a, a few quick varieties of straps. Foreplay. Yeah, we yeah, we need to figure out what's available out there. Because if we're gonna take this conversation from the perspective of somebody who just grabbed, let's say we're we're a we're a first watcher. And let's say they picked up a diver. A, a, a first watcher. Yeah. This is my first watch. Okay. Okay. So okay. Got it, it came on and it came on let, let we'll, we'll call it the the Orient Mako buyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. 
and this person now has a perfectly adequate bracelet <coughs> that is neither good nor bad. Neither, neither it, good nor it bad. It just is. It's a hair puller. It's comfortable-ish enough, but you can do a lot better. You, should, you, you did the right thing in buying it on a bracelet, but you got to have options. What have we got out there for them? What exists in the watch world? Let's tear away all the jargon of what people are calling things and what is available for that buyer. Hmm. So first for me, we've got rubber and silicone, Mm -hmm. which are uniquely different and each have their own long lineage of straps available. For me, dive watch, I'm going to go Barton Elite Silicone. And I have not yet found my Tropic strap. I know you've got one. What have you got in the way of a Tropic? So this is just an FKM uh, Tropic strap. This is a uh, Tropic purchased off AliExpress. Uh, It's nothing special, nor is it anything bad. Uh, It is a very simple sort of waffle back uh, vented Tropic strap made of fluoro, fluoro rubber, fluoro, uh, FK, AKA FKM. Uh, it's soft, it's pliable, it's wonderful. You can get them for $10 on AliExpress or $40 on every single micro brand website on the face of the earth. Yeah. And if you go to watch gecko, you're going to be looking at spending like nearer to a hundred. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and so therein lies the very first question. Yeah. Is it worth it? And I, I am, this is a, a hard pill to swallow. I think as a, as a, somebody shopping for shoes for your watch, how much for me, what, what's your threshold for a strap, a strap purchase? Cause bracelet is, is a whole other world. What's you, your threshold? You know, I think that this, I think that this part of our conversation is the one where I may be the least certain right now. Um, if you had asked me this question 12, 18 or 12 months ago, I think my answer may have been different than it is today. Yeah. Uh, which is to say, I am a, you know, I'm a guy who appreciates the consumables produced and sold um, by reputable companies. Uh, which is to say, I prefer to have things that are marketed by companies that I like, that I that I enjoy. Uh, w- with that said, I think what's become abundantly clear to me in the last 12 months or so is that by and large, rubber straps like this unbranded FKM strap uh, are almost all almost exclusively uh, made by one or two companies. Um, And those companies are located in China or East Asia. And those companies sell those straps direct from the manufacturer on AliExpress. And so this strap, for instance, you can buy this strap on this watch fixed to this Vostok Amphibia, Dostok as it were, uh, this strap, you can buy this strap off of Uncle Seiko. It is 
exactly, exactly the same strap with zero differences besides the buckle. You can buy the strap on Uncle Seiko and for 45, I think, or you can buy it for 10 bucks from AliExpress. That is, in my mind, a pretty reasonable threshold or a place to step off. If I can get this thing for less money from the manufacturer, because what Uncle Seiko is doing, and, and no disrespect to Uncle Seiko, everybody's doing this. Notice is doing this. Everyone, it, yeah. Everyone <clears throat> is doing this. If I can get this strap from the person who made it for a way less money, I might just do that, actually. Unless there's some attribute. Now, you just handed me a traffic strap from Cheapest Nato Straps. Yeah. That is made, I believe, of TPU or perhaps PVC, one of the two. Yeah, I don't remember what it is. It's hard. It is. It's sharp. It's sharp. Mm -hmm. It's not flexible or pliable. It does look good, though. It looks great. But to me, that's the difference. Yeah. If materials, feel, and quality, if they're the same, and it's not dirty, meaning no one's getting robbed or no one's getting um, uh, wronged in the transaction, I think, you know, I may go with the cheaper option, increasingly so, especially as we learn, you and I learn more and more about the industry and the the business end of this piece. Fair enough. That's the topic I want to circle back to. Because I have questions. Okay. And I think they're they're, they're maybe bigger than a single episode. They might even be bigger than a podcast episode. They might just be some parting thoughts. So next, we have the, we won't say the word, but it starts with an N and ends with an Edo. Uh, and we can say the word because we're not selling anything. We have nylon pass-throughs. We have an, a weird Instagram comment deep in the catalog of somebody accusing me of being a sellout or us of being a sellout for putting a NATO on a dive watch for a picture. I still to this day think about that because it's, it is confusing to me. Like someone said, you're shilling for a company. It's a, yeah, yeah. It was a, Oh gosh. It was something about being a sellout, putting a NATO on a diver. I, there, there was no, there was no like you're shilling. There was no, Hey, you're, you're repping this brand. It was very much the strap and watch choice sell out that was the it's still to this day like bog like, i ponder it <laughs> because i don't understand it if people insult me I'm like hey you're short and you're balding i'm like that's yeah, mean but accurate i understand <laughs> i i understand this this insult um but things that i don't get i just kind of like seethe on because i'm like what the fuck does that mean what does that mean i i appreciate clever insults because and i like the burn later like a like a delayed, you know, the delayed uh, release burn. Um, it still hasn't landed, man. Uh, try again. I think NATOs are great. Yeah. And I think they're great for a, for a whole bucket load of reasons. And I think they're especially great for new watch people. Because you can come by them very inexpensively. And depending on what... Six, seven bucks a piece. Or less. Or less, well, yeah. I, I think one of my my recommendations for a new watch person is to hit up cheapest natos and buy five or six of them because mm-hmm. you're going to spend four to five dollars per strap they're going to be totally acceptable quality 
the hardware is really where they're lacking. Yeah. They do like sales throughout the year, like buy four, get one free. Shipping is cheap and you get to experience a bunch of different styles of straps, colors of straps, and things to sort of sharpen your tastes to figure out what it is that you like. Because I, I've actually been really lucky in that I haven't yet spent a bucket load of money on something for or, or, or a watch-related something and didn't like it. And I think that I'm a little bit unique in that. I think a lot of people have a bad experience. Uh, and whether it be a one-off bad experience or an actual just like, I just don't fucking like this and I wish that I had tried something in lieu of this bad experience. I mean, you had a, a weird one with a with a new... Yeah, we won't say we won't no, say we're not gonna brand name. I yeah, think we won't we, say we the name of the company, that, but, but I got a weird I got a weird NATO once from a company and they were really cool about it. Um it, and it was a total one off. It, it's it's a company that makes great NATOs and and I have other exact you know, the same exact strap and other iterations and it was fine. But yeah, that was that was kind of a weird experience. I got a thing and I was like, What the hell is this? But we buy so many things sight unseen. How many people have I mean, how many watches have you seen in the metal before you've actually bought it? Yeah, three, maybe four. Yeah, not not a ton. Yeah. Not a ton. And and watches, I think, lend themselves to photography. You can find a lot of reviews on watches. You find less on straps. And it's kind of a scary endeavor to drop, you know, two hundred bucks on a watch strap and not know what you're about to get. Yeah. So, do we talk briefly about NATO straps? We should. Yeah, we should. Oh, because yeah, there's still a whole variety in there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, you, you said a thing earlier, and I think it's accurate. I think if if you don't have any NATO straps and you just want to get some variety and you want to play with some things and you don't want to spend an arm and a leg because you don't even know and this and that, and you want to try gelding some and you want to try yeah. not. Yeah, I think cheapest NATO straps is a fantastic option for that. My my long term review of cheapest NATO straps is that you can do better. I don't like the hardware. I oftentimes don't like the fabric. I think that their standard NATO fabric is fine and good, and I don't mind it at all. Uh, w- with that said, I think you you can do a lot better than that. I have one side by side with a much more expensive tubular, and mm-hmm. if you feel them, I think the fabric is identical. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. One of those is a Barkin Jack, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's a really interesting. I, I you know, I don't, I don't, you, you know, I don't think that there's a ton of companies making unique NATO straps. I think much like rubber, NATOs are um, made by a handful of companies. With the material. It. The material. Yeah. With with that said, well, and the hardware, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, there are a ton of NATO strap companies, and they all do things just a little bit differently. Um, some of them sew the edges, which I think is cool and, and can also be problematic. There are companies that have, you know, hardware that looks a little different. Um, two companies that I can think of, Blue Shark and Crown and Buckle, are both, I think... Investing in nylon weaves, mm-hmm. which whether you want that or not is up to you. 
they're selling their straps at a premium. Those are the companies that I buy NATOs from, by and large. Who is investing in dyes too? Uh, gosh, I don't know. There's someone doing a dyeing. I don't remember who. Well, I know. Uh, I know. Where is, where is that Nick? We were talking. Nick Mankey. Yeah, yes, we spent, Nick spends about. a lot of time on R and D for for you know printing and um you, you know yeah different materials. So and 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 Mankey straps are a little different, we, and maybe we kind of pass over those for today's episode because they're fantastic and we love them and just buy buy just, buy yeah just buy one. You're not going to be disappointed. Measure your risk though. Uh, with, with that said, I think that even, you know, more and more, even with blue shark, you're finding the exact same fabric available from the manufacturer. And, and is that okay? Is that okay? You, you know, Bark and Jack is purchasing fabric NATOs and branding mm-hmm. them and selling them. And is that problematic? Um, is it problematic if you were to find out that the fabric that Bark and Jack uses, not saying this just proposing a hypothetical as an uninformed podcast host. If Adrian from Bark and Jack were using material that was developed by a company for proprietary purposes and then later turned around and sold by the factory backdoor to the whole world after R&D costs have been fronted by a company, would that bother you? I get bother me more if it was a one-to-one deal. If it wasn't made wholesale available to everyone, that's not, I don't think you can blame a retailer for seeking out the best product, right? You, you can't always make the best product. You can't R and D the best product. You, there's a potential there, but R and D for nylon. I mean, how much better can nylon get? Yeah. Well, I think it can get a lot better, but I, I do think that there's a couple companies shouldering the load on that. Perhaps. Yeah. For those that aren't Crown and Buckle and, yeah. and Blue Shark. And, right. <laughs> and and so for those that aren't who want to sell the absolute best product available on the market, just because the manufacturer is being shysty, does that mean you you bow out of the of the running and competition? And I think the answer is no. I think if yeah. it's made available to everyone, you as a business owner have to make the decision to go with the best product available. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think I think you have to. And that's why the strap industry is so strange because leather is leather. There's a, a million varietals. But each variety of leather is sort of just leather. Big differences come in stitching and in tanning and in how you treat the leather and, and the cut of leather. Yeah, the cut of the leather. But maybe nylon's a better example because there's a little bit less diversity in nylon. But tubular nylon is just that. I don't know if I've ever had a tubular nylon strap that felt harder or softer than any other. Yeah. The hardware on some is nicer. Just objectively nicer hardware. The edges are a little bit less prone to fraying on some. And I, I don't know what that comes to because everyone's melting or or laser cutting and and cauterizing their ends but it's nylon it's gonna fray the strap industry is is weird because most everyone is using the same shit the hardware is different and the stamp on the hardware is different and that's what's causing huge price discrepancies throughout the segment 
Right. When you have the Omega strap with you, right? I do. Yeah. And that's just a seatbelt style nylon. Yeah. It it is. I I would say without any reservation that this is still my very favorite NATO strap ever made. It's it's not super uh soft, uh, although it is very soft. It's not, you know, it's not uh what what's the word I'm looking for? It's not supple. It's, it's not flimsy. It's not flimsy. It's not flaccid. It's not tubular though. It's, it's not, got some structure, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a seatbelt material. The closest thing I have to that is the blue shark, which I think is a really good analog. The blue shark. The blue shark's not a premier thick of a cut. Yeah, it, it, it it's really, really close, and I think it's very good. I prefer the Omega. I think Omega really makes a fantastic product, but it's also three times as much as the Blue Shark. And that's for me, that's not worth it. I can't put three, I, I can't put even a $25 difference between these two watches. The hardware, these, these straps. The hardware is more refined. Yeah. Uh, but the fabric, I mean, I, I like the fabric better, but I like the fabric 3% better, not 300% better. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's where we come to on that mm-hmm. is, is there's this sweet spot in nylon straps that I think is in the forty to sixty dollar range. And if and if you're savvy and you feel comfortable with Alley, it's comparable. You can get this blue sharp fabric from AliExpress for ten bucks or less. Or less. You know, there's a ton of newish NATO strap companies, and we like a lot of them. Um, but I'm telling you right now, you can get that fabric on AliExpress. That's a problem, though. I think that's the same that's the same question of is it okay for a company to be procuring backdoored material and selling it. It absolutely it's the it's, it's the literally the same question. You cut out the middleman though. You you're just buying it direct from the manufacturer who's backdooring <laughs> the material. And we we had this conversation the other day cuz I got on Ollie and I bought some uh rubber straps. Cuz I want to experiment with curved end rubber straps before I drop the money for curved ends, like a $200 investment, I want to see if that curved end is any better than a straight end. So I spent $12 for the test run. This is the classic replica argument though, right? Yeah. And that this that's kind of the, the, the one of the things I wanted to get to, and maybe we're here, why is it okay with straps and not with watches? Yeah, well, I, I think that you nailed it earlier when you said it, the the price point is different. The price point is different, and that's and that's it. You know, I, I think that there is there is some comfort in putting your replica strap on a legitimate piece. They're usually unbranded, often unbranded, although not always. I have been in possession in my life of a replica watch strap, and then it got stolen. Uh, Haven't found it, by the way. Been looking. (laughs) Not by me. I did not steal it. Be really clear here. Yeah, no, it got stolen by robbers. Uh, But yeah, uh, or or burglars, I should say. There's a distinction to be made for for legal types like us. The sticky bandits came in and stuck away all your things. Uh, But yeah, there's, uh, you you know, there's just some comfort in the fact that it's the strap, which is a secondary piece versus the the main show. In, In the last three days, 
I've had this conversation now three times. Why are we so willing to spend a bucket load on a watch and not so willing to spend even 10% of that on a strap? And, and let's be clear. When you say we, you mean everybody besides Everett. Everybody in the world besides Everett. Because no, would you buy... I a- am famous for taking a $17 watch... And when I say famous, I mean nobody knows this besides me. But uh, but I, in my own mind, I am famous. You for probably it. haven't heard of me <laughs> <laughs> for taking a seventeen dollars watch and putting the most expensive NATO I could realistically find on it. No, no, I, I get that. But if there was a Omega branded curved end rubber mm-hmm. for the Speedmaster. Mm-hmm. Would you pay 400 bucks yes. for it? Yes, I would. Yes, 100%. Yes, I would. And without reservation? Without reservation. Not on Ollie. N- n- no, no. Without reservation, I would. There is one, and I don't like it because it's got yellow paint on it. Uh, you but can scrape that off. We have mineral spirits in my garage. Y- yes, yes, I would. Absolutely. Okay, so most people aren't comfortable with that. And, I and I'm I'm, I'm going to use me. So I have a Monta Atlas, which I love. You do, you do. It's Actually, I, I lied to Clay. I told him that I had only one watch left on a bracelet and i realized today the sarp was still on a bracelet because i haven't worn it since it got hot (laughs) Uh, i was wearing it today because i never went outside uh i'm hesitant to spend the 230 for the what is effectively an everest an everest strap i spent two thousand dollars on that watch but 230 dollars seems a bridge too far for me for a strap. I have it still on the OEM bracelet. And I've been really close to putting a $20 Barton Silicone Elite on it. Which is not to disparage the Silicone Elite. Because it's my absolute favorite watch strap of all time. Yeah, and you like that strap more than I do. But it's it's undoubtedly a fan favorite. And it's a great strap. I have one and I, and I dig it. But I have four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're super comfortable. They're easy to clean quick release that's that's a for all you new watch owners out there get a barton silicone elite get a couple colors hot hot take they're too sticky uh they're sticky that's that's my complaint that's why i don't like them but i like them i like them i own one i like it but too sticky they're 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 my my hands down favorite barring the monta bracelet but that's a bridge too far for me 40 i mean with the the mankey's 40 plus shipping so like 40 Eight, I want to say was mm-hmm. what they come out to 50 bucks. I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. Well, I impulse bought an $800 watch <laughs> <laughs> and then put it on a Barton Silicon Elite. Yeah. No, you know, when you read the forums on this, you see this a lot, right? Like, why would you put a $50 strap on a $50 watch or a $60 strap on a $60 watch? You know, the, that the, makes sense. I can get that. The I don't get that. I don't get that. I want the watch to be as good as possible. If I can get an SNK for sixty dollars, circa twenty fifteen, and I can put a dope eighty dollar strap on it, something that I'm gonna love. Fuck yeah, do it, man. Put the best strap that you can on your watch. It doesn't mean you need to buy 
uh, you know, $275 SMPR custom stitched or whatever for your SNK. Because you should be buying EA8 leather for custom stitch for your SNK. But if you do and you love it, you're going to love it that much more. The strap is just as important as the watch. You know, it, you know, it's like uh, drive for dope, up for show, right? Or, or, or vice versa. I think he said drive for dope. And I was like, where are we going? <laughs> drive for show, putt for dough, right? The strap yeah. is what is going to make the enjoyment of the watch for you, in, in my mind. Whatever it is, get a strap that you're going to love, and it's going to make you love the watch. Even if you already love it, I can speak to that. There's plenty of watches that I've had that I really liked, and then I put it on on just the right strap, and it changes it. Yeah. You know, we have another anecdote here along the same lines. We've got a friend that we talk to pretty regularly uh, who may or may not be the editor-in-chief of the website that we work for. Uh, And he... Daddy. (laughs) Has recently... uh, He's recently come in contact with a Grand Seiko, a beautiful Grand Seiko. Um, And i i think that he's thinking he may want to buy said grand seiko uh or or perhaps i don't know with with the way that guy works he may have already bought it but true grand seiko for this model of watch makes a beads of rice bracelet and it's a uh a totally lovely beads of rice grand seiko makes them to order when you when you order it, they make the strap, and it's beautiful. It's, it is. It's made for the watch. What you would expect from Grand Seiko in a bracelet, and they are a thousand dollars, one thousand money. And so, in this conversation, uh, I think the the initial consensus of the group was that's crazy. And Everett, I, I'm contrarian. If you've ever been in a, a chat group with me, you know that I'm contrarian. I'm just. A, even if he agrees with you, he's gonna disagree. Oftentimes, uh, and and it's not pure devil's advocacy, but it, it sometimes is a little bit of that. Uh, with that said, I think you just like to sow chaos. I say, you know, I I don't necessarily agree with this. It's not worth it. I think that if you want the best bracelet for that watch, that's the fucking bracelet. And if you put that bracelet on that watch, you're gonna love it. I agree with that. You're going to love it. And if you have already spent that much on a watch, we're not. it's not a crazy endeavor to spend a little bit more on the bracelet. 25% more. That is going to make the watch. And so while I may not say you need to get that, I'm going to say if you want that, Fucking get it. Go get the bracelet. Definitely don't rule it out. But the bargain hunter in me, right? The affordable guy in me. Find the best bang for your buck. <laughs> Let's go to Uncle Seiko. They've got one little fit. They don't, though. <laughs> That's the thing, is that this Grand Seiko model is... It's got a 19 millimeter lug width, which really limits your braceleting options for third parties. But for me, I want to find the best... I, I want to find that that meeting ground of the most expensive or of the least expensive and the best. And I think those two often line up. Timex Iron Man on the band. Go. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> but you, you know exactly what I'm talking I about. Do. That's what I this know. whole show is about. Is exactly. finding the 
best bang for your buck. I know exactly right. what you're talking it's about. It's Seiko SSB-031. It's it, shit. Any of the watches that are sitting on this table, you know, we've got a few Casios, a, a Doc Talk, a Sarb, which is no longer the best bang for your buck, an EMG Nemo, the SSB-031, the Khaki Field, like bangers for the amount of money you're paying for we've got two f91s yeah and an f84 which is uh yeah yeah that's i think the strapping between the three is worth more than shit just the strapping on any one of them is probably worth more than the three combined this strap on this it's a blue shark yeah it's worth more than all three on this f84 so 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 right you you know buy the one you like don't worry too much about it if you really want to try to find the bargain you can hit us up we'll definitely try to steer you in the right direction i want to i want to just make a make a, a food for thought here and this is the the make a food mm-hmm. i'm pooping for I'm your done. thoughts um I, i'm i'm gonna take this this mindset change and i'm gonna propose it to you all think of buying straps for your watches like buying tires you should not and if you do stop go to the used discount tire store to buy tires for your car you shouldn't do that or or even dare i say costco or walmart i go to costco because they got good warranty people are going to disagree with me paint not everyone has Les Schwab. paint and tires are the two things in life you should buy at a specialty store and and watch straps but you don't buy shit yes and you if you're doing that you you should probably stop for safety reasons paint less so but um tires for your car spend the money it's gonna be better and that's kind of the that's my takeaway from this whole thought process today and and I think I think Allie throws a weird wrench in it. For and, me, it definitely does. And yeah. there's some there's some ethical considerations there, there that, and we're not going to make <clears throat> those decisions for you. you yeah, you, you can make them yourself, but but just know that there's a thing to think about. Yeah, there, like yeah, some ethical considerations there that should be considered, you, you, because there's also risk involved buying from AliExpress. Not everything there is out the back door of the manufacturer it could very well just be counterfeit shit um but no we established that, that it, okay yeah, <laughs> we're yeah uh yeah they, they are as much an integral part of your watch as the dial and there are probably not a ton of bad choices either. I mean, no. you, you you can feel comfortable in whatever decisions you make in this regard. But my opinion is, spend that spend the extra money and get that that fantastic Lush Swab tire. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. And uh, and I'm comfortable throwing out some names of companies that we're comfortable with. And that paid us to say this. Obviously, that paid us to say it. Yeah. Um, but I think if if you're looking in that in that pass through world, try companies like Blue Shark, like Haviston, 
Crown and buckle. Crown and buckle. Because you're getting a diversity in the designs there that are not just material. They're, they're 100% design differences. You've got tons of rubber options. And I think Watch Gecko is a good place to go to look at. Yeah, the Nando Sid Torini, yeah. uh, which is a fantastic Italian strap maker. been making them forever. They, they do great stuff. And leather, just go to Eric at EA8. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about leather real quick before we, we move on? We totally just glazed over leather. We did. And and I think I think I'd like to spend a minute with leather because I think leather is the most confusing strap. Uh in part because <laughs> leather's confusing. The diversity of uh of pricing in mm-hmm. leather straps is just it's really difficult to understand what you're paying for what you're getting um and and i think oftentimes quality of materials doesn't flow directly from pricing Uh, absolutely not you you know there are a few brands that we slash watch clicker fam uh are comfortable with and recommend to people uh obviously if you're a listener to the show you know andrew and i are huge fans 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 we're huge friends of EA8. Mm-hmm. Eric uh, is a dude who will talk to you on Instagram and make a watch strap exactly like you want it. At his detriment. At his detriment. Mm-hmm. N- not charging, uh, you, you know, not charging a living wage for these things, which is his decision. I think he loves it, and and that's good for him and good for you. Yeah. Uh, D-Lugs. Mm-hmm. Another company you can find them online. Uh, BNR, fantastic company, and Watch Gecko, uh, which you've previously mentioned tonight, and I'll just back you up on that. You're going to get really high quality stuff from those brands, and there's a there's a ton of other brands. Crown and Buckle, who we've already yeah. mentioned, <clears throat> you, you know, with leather, you've got some things you need to understand. Yes. There are different tanning processes. Dying. Vegetable tan versus chrome tan. What mm-hmm. does that mean? Uh, we can't go into it, but feel free to Google it. Generally speaking, vegetable tan is a slower tanning process. Um, Which means more expensive. You're going to get more supple, flexible leathers that are going to patinate differently than a chrome tan. Chrome tan is more of a chemical, more permanent, set in stone, and it's going to change the structure of the leather a little bit uh, without... Uh, Making a strict character judgment as between the two, I prefer veg tan. But for a dress watch, for like Croc, chrome tan's the way to go because that watch, that strap gets worn very infrequently. You're not going to worry about stressing on it. That's the way to go. Then there's, then there's embossed versus embossed versus actual exotic leathers. Yep. There's real Croc, real Gator, versus, real ostrich, uh, versus Stingray. <laughs> embossed crock calf right uh that's a difference you're going to pay more for gator uh it's going to be a little bit shinier usually and more expensive um i wonder if eric will let you send strips of exotic I, to him and he'll make straps i'm 100 positive i am 100 positive he would he's probably not going to charge you differently uh so you're going to pay for the material and his full price but i'm sure i'm sure he would do that i'm just thinking for someone who's like a gator hunter (laughs) 
<laughs> I killed this and tanned this with mud. Can you make it into a strap? I guarantee he'd do it. And then, and then types of leather. You guys look. If a watch strap says genuine leather on it, it's do not fucking buy it for more than twenty dollars. Do not buy it, even for twenty bucks. So you're looking for full grain. Yep. Or or wing. Top grain. You're looking for full grain or top grain. If it is a if it is a named leather company, often you're going to get one of those two things. Mm-hmm. There's Shell Cordovan, which is a subcutaneous horsehide, very dense, borderline waterproof, extremely expensive. If you're buying it, you know what it is. Full grain or top grain, and that's it. Don't buy anything besides those two things, okay. unless it's Swain. Suede is usually more of a it's a little bit lower in the skin, similar to what you'd get yeah. with a genuine leather in terms of where it lies in the skin layer. In the flesh. With that said, it's it, you've got an open nap, and so it wants to be that way. Genuine leather is suede that's been glued polished. Yeah. <laughs> and polished. Yeah. Suede looks good, though. That's right. I think we need more suede straps in the world. I've got two of them on the table. I have just one, but it's not out here. So, and, and yours is a shitty suede. Uh, <laughs> it is. <clears throat> it was a sample. It was a, it was, I want to see if suede's going to be the right choice here. Suede wasn't the right choice for it, and I still like that suede strap. I think you should be spending between 45 and 120 on a standard leather strap. And if you're spending more than that, you're going to know exactly what you're buying. Yeah, and and reason for that is the the labor cost of proper leather work. I think. Yeah, well, can you tell can you talk a little bit about that? So, machine leather work can is great. And the labor that goes into even if it's machine, it's not necessarily human work hours labor. It's time consuming to tan, to dye, to properly finish leather and I, and I think you you can look at any number of leather straps and I have four sitting in front of me I've just handed Andrew four handmade I don't know who's this is leather straps this is Eric's this chocolate one that's a shell cordovan strap okay oh that's the one you made I've made so okay. all, of the four straps you're holding I made all of them okay so it's the other thing guys if you're a hobbyist you can make leather straps. And and these straps I've just handed Andrew. Well, why don't you give me your assessment of them? And and you don't have to be nice. You can no, be no, mean so, if you want so to. So my assessment of these is that they are all well broken in, relatively old, like maybe dad's strap. And which I sp- speaks to the quality that a hobbyist can produce, but also that lack of quality. None of these are more than two years old, three years maybe at the most. And they all behave like a 15-year-old <laughs> leather strap. They're a little bit flimsy at this point. Yeah. They're wrinkled and cracked, which is, you know. Quality kind of, of leather. Quality of leather. Well, though. The Shell Cordovan one, though, is holding up because of the quality of leather that he used to generate yeah, this strap. That's and, and that's it. Right? 80-year-old Shell Cordovan, by the way. A quality material 
quality processes to treat tan dye finish it's just time consuming yeah and then if you throw in hand stitching just watch some of eric's videos on the on how time consuming leather stitching is each of those took me three hours or so to make which in in my dollars is about much 800 bucks so those are so you're holding you're holding about $3,500 in straps in your and, hand right And now. there's cl- there, there's the occasional, <laughs> this one, this one's actually, this one's stitching I think is pretty flawless, but there's, but there's flaws in the stitching. Yep. They're handmade, right? Which you're not going to find in a fine leather strap. They're going to toss that when they make an error or they're just not going to make the error. Yeah. It all comes down to quality materials and the time taken to ensure that those materials remain quality. Which makes leather straps expensive. Leather is more expansive, expansive than nylon. I love all these straps, by the way. They're all good. I'd wear them. The rally strap was a good first go. Andrew, what else you got to add about uh, watch shoes today? I think the right answer is is to spend more than you're comfortable with. I think that's where I'm going now. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's not a, a, a one size fits all recommendation because I think some people are very comfortable spending way too much money on this stuff. W- with that said, don't be afraid to spend a little bit of money on the strap, especially if it's going to make the watch. Yeah, if it's going to make you wear it and like it, I think spend spend just a, just a hair more than you're comfortable with because it's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. You're going to wear that watch that you spent a bucket load of money on to buy. And aren't wearing because you don't like what it's wearing. That's right. Andrew. Other things. Do, do you not have any final thoughts? N- no, man. No, oh. I'm, I said my final thoughts like when, like in the first 10 minutes. Hours of the ago. <laughs> Hours ago. Other things. What do you got? Go. We had a lovely 4th of July weekend neighborhood party we did which was really unusual to me i've never lived in a neighborhood that had a neighborhood party i lived in a cul-de-sac that three of the houses on said cul-de-sac were all friends and we would grill in one another's backyards but never a block party complete with invitations Mm -hmm. left on my front porch it's really cool it was super cool. And we showed up, and I don't know, half of the houses yeah. on the on the street had a presence there. Sounds right. And it was lovely. It was super fun. It, and the whole time I was like, what year is this? There's all these kids, just a, just a flock of kids playing in the backyard. I don't know these people. They don't know me. And they said... Come on in. Do you need a beer? You need a margarita? Yeah, here's all the amenities available for you. One amenity I'm prepared to speak about and is my other thing for the week. It was such a great amenity that I purchased it. (laughs) We're outside and it's hot. It was like 90 some and change. Just too hot for my sensitive complexion. So I'm under the 
patio cover perfectly comfortable because these people have these geniuses misters oh misting fan oh cool no they have direct line from their hose ceiling mounted misting nozzles full on like the state fair with the little misting area yes around the entire perimeter of their patio cover So I stood under that and just sweated off the mist that was landing on me. But it was, I I was like, this is why I don't use my backyard during the summer. Because I can't be outside without just melting. So I went to the Amazon. Well, I went to the Google and just, I just Googled ceiling mounted misters. Because our neighbor made it seem like it was an invention. <laughs> and I was like, that's just not the case. Yeah, you know, I, I am an engineer by trade and I really like evaporative cooling, so this just made sense. It's like he actually said those words. Yeah. I'm glad that stuck with you too, because it was <laughs> such a weird thing to say. But it made me like kind of question, like, did he no, he didn't make this. This is available. You can buy this. And you look around the rest of the house. You know this guy bought this. So I went to the Google. I wrote, I, I just Googled ceiling mounted misters. And I, and I ran through a couple. And, and frankly, I bought the cheapest one. Just to give it a test run. Frankly. Yeah. $21. For 27 feet of tubing. And what looks to be. Like 12 spigots. And the spigots are small. They're just little T inserts in this black rubber hosing that, that hyper atomize the water. Yeah, they just they just have a have a little spray function. So for 27 feet, these things connect direct to your hose. All you have to do is turn it on and you have misting function that wasn't too high pressure. And I and I, I don't I'm wondering if if it's going to be pressure from the hose or if they pressure control through the line. I think you could regulate that. Yeah, it'll it'll be really easy to tweak and regulate. It, it looks to be very easy to install. It comes with a female end to attach right to a spigot. It has evenly spaced nozzles in the hose to staple up to the edge of your patio cover. And I'm now going to have a comfortable patio for the next year's summer yeah because <laughs> the summer's gonna be over here that's right soon. it arrives on thursday and i'm gonna have it probably mounted on tuesday you needed it three weeks ago yeah but it what a cool amenity for I your patio you there for the the three times a year that you need it yeah because how many times do you not use your back patio because it's hot or it just sucks outside yeah or there's no like, if there's no shade there's options and that's that's a you thing but the mister, when, just when I saw it, I was like, I can't believe I never thought of this. Because I've had misting fans before. I, mean, I lived I lived in Texas. Like the, those, are, those are necessary. I almost bought a swamp cooler for my garage. But 21 bucks, 27 feet of hose and misting nozzles going up onto my patio next week. The only thing I'm a little bit concerned about is now I have to get a grill cover. I can't just push it into my patio that's right yeah <laughs> and then get wet 
But it'll be open. I don't know. Maybe I won't. Yeah. No, it's cool. I like it. That's a good purchase. So, yeah. Just think of your comfort. Live for comfort. I've got another thing. Do me. So I discovered this thing last week. Last Friday. I was... uh, I was getting off of work and I, I was thinking, gosh, what should I do when I get off work? And I, I was just on, on the internet and I found these things called movie theaters. Oh, I've heard of those. <laughs> so as you likely know at home, uh, we've spent the last, uh, the better part of the last year and a half in, in a very, very weird time in my life. And it's not the weirdest. You basically couldn't go to the movies. Not basically. Could not. I went to a movie in a theater, and I sat in the seat, and I drank a big Diet Coke. Did they bring you food? They, they didn't. It wasn't that kind of theater. Although, that sucks. Those are the best. That, that is a thing. Uh, and it was just, Andrew, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I went by myself, that's which is a thing better. I do. I don't know that everybody enjoys that, but that's a thing I will do occasionally. If you haven't tried it, try it. It's great. I loved it. I loved it. I was so happy. I, I mean, I think a big, big portion of my happiness was just the, you know, the joy of doing this thing that I haven't been able to do in so long. But man, oh man, if you have not been to a theater... And you're vaccinated and you're comfortable going out in public. Uh, uh, just go because the pleasure I felt in doing this relatively silly, relatively mundane thing for three hours on a Friday night was just joyful. Would you see? I saw Quiet Place 2. It's a movie I don't think I'd be willing to watch alone. <laughs> which I strongly recommend. I think it was really, really good. Uh you know, when I heard that they were going to make a sequel, this is not my other thing, by the way. This is a bonus. Bonus other thing. We got to play a womp, womp, womp. <laughs> yeah, we need that one. Yeah, we need an uh, air horn. When I heard they were going to, re- you know, make a sequel to that, I thought, I don't I don't really see it. Uh, it's This is going to be silly. Uh, it wasn't. They did a really good job with it, I thought. Uh, it, you know, no, no spoilers or anything, but the story's different. Uh, the actors are phenomenal. I, and it, it was good. It was intense, you know, very, very intense. That's an intense movie. Uh, but yeah, just sitting in the theater and it was cool. It was a warm evening, Ooh. but I went in and I brought a, I brought a hooded, uh, a hooded sweatshirt because, cause you know, yeah. Cause you know, and, and, and I put it on, you know, 97 degrees. I think that afternoon and I went in the theater and I put on my hoodie and I just like melted into the seat and I watched a movie on this gigantic screen. I'm jealous. And it made me so happy. I have a funny story about The Quiet Place, now franchise. Uh, when I was watching <laughs> the first one with my wife, um, it was a long after it had come out. And it was uh, in the time frame that um, Quiet Place 2 had dropped some trailers. Okay. And I'm going to spoil Quiet Place 1 for y'all because it's been long enough. If you haven't seen it, that's on you. Yeah, just turn it off. You're just going to miss the song and that's it. Uh, <laughs> it's a scene where John Krasinski is about to die. <laughs> we told you to turn it off. Okay, guys. 
And Sam goes, there's no way he dies. I saw him in a trailer for A Quiet Place 2. And I'm kind of relieved. <laughs> and then he fucking dies. Very dead. And I'm like, what do what you... She goes, no, no, no. He's going to survive. He's going to make it. I, <laughs> no, I saw I him in the trailer. I saw that scene and he did not make it. And I was like, it. It, I, no, there's no... There's no conceivable way he comes back from this. <laughs> and she's committed. She's like, no, no, no. He makes it. I saw him in the trailer. And I immediately hit IMDb. And I'm like, he's the director. He's not in it. Well, he is in it. To be clear, he is in A Quiet Place too. But he's not in it. <laughs> he's in the movie. He's in the movie. He's an actor in the movie that is in a significant portion of the movie. And, and she goes. But he is very much dead at the end of A Quiet Place 1. She goes, huh. So I guess he's dead. <laughs> I just remember that because I've never been. It was like just this roller coaster within a roller coaster of an already emotional scene coupled with her like denial. Oh, yeah, it was good. So I'm excited to see Quiet Place too. I know it probably won't. I think the last movie I saw in theaters was Jurassic World. Andrew, you got anything else you want to tell me about straps or bracelets or bands or or shoes, or John Krasinski, or buy what you like. Buy like tires more than you need. And buy your pain at a paint store, dummies. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday. (laughs) Hey, thanks you guys for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Hey, check out our website, you guys. Some new new reviews have been gone up. Uh, Actually, Will's review of the Sealander Elite, the Titanium christopher ward sealander went up today and it just really uh occurred to me you know a i think we do a really good thing but will is a fantastic watch reviewer he does a really good job talking about the good the bad uh so yeah check out the website every single episode of the podcast new reviews every week check it out if you want to check us out on instagram you can do so at 40 and 20 at watch clicker and if you want to support our show and our website which you do because you're listening, you're getting benefit. You can do so for a very low price of $1 a month at patreon.com slash 40 and 20 for the price of which you get access to our Discord, direct access to all sorts of bent over naked pictures from Andrew. I live for those photos. Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.